Hi, this is Cameron. And I'm Jorge Luis. Today, we're going to talk about home visits that teams get to go on. We're going to discover this incredible experience, and let's start now. HopeCast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. Welcome to the Education Equals Hope podcast. I'm Cameron Granvivanco. And I'm Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I'm the co-founder of Education Equals Hope and the director of the program here in Ecuador. And I am the coordinator of teams and training for Equals H in Ecuador as well. Education Equals Hope exists to provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult situations. And the hope for this podcast is to keep you, our dear listeners and supporters, and friends all over the world informed as to what is happening with our ministry here in Ecuador. Because we can't do it without you. So Mm -hmm. thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) Always thank you. (laughs) There's that. Um, The show today, we are discussing home visits. Mm -hmm. Home visits is a time when teams... Uh, that are here or visitors or interns or anyone that's not from here, (laughs) Um, where we uh, have the privilege of joining Education Goals Hope students in their homes, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes for a meal, sometimes just for a visit or Mm -hmm. a prayer time. Uh, We are invited by the Equals H families uh, into their homes, and it is just a really, really special time. It is. It is an incredible time. Um, and I remember when we started, like, you know, brainstorming about these ideas and what can we do to actually let our the families of the program be in more contact and a closer contact with the people that are coming down, you know, visitors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, we wanted to always be able to show the culture, show the reality of our people to the visitors and mm-hmm. not just, you know, a, a high and goodbye in the church. So we're just talking about what would be the best way. And what it never occurred to me is the outcome that we will have from all this, right? Mm-hmm. This is a great opportunity of letting um, our visitors truly get to understand the reality of the families, get to know a little bit of the culture, mm-hmm. know how they cook here, how they get their groceries here from a huge avenida with lots of people, um, with lots of vendors in the streets, mm-hmm. right? Um, from taking those things from there to the house and preparing them together, where I think you can actually get to um, hear each other, form conversations, and, you know, just like get to know each other mm-hmm. through a meal that is prepared together. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was this idea of of how to do this came out of conversation with some of our ministry partners. Uh, And it started, you know, back in the day, I'm embarrassed to say that 20 some years ago, every Mm -hmm. time we had a team um, at a ministry site over lunch, Mm -hmm. we would make sandwiches (laughs) (laughs) and we would take sandwiches in. And then we're like, oh, we should make sandwiches for the ministry site so that Pastor Fabian and Tia Grace can have a sandwich. Culturally speaking, let me tell you, (laughs) Ecuadorians do not appreciate a sandwich at lunchtime. Maybe for dinner, but not lunch is the big meal and you need to have soup and then you need to have rice with some sort of meat, if that's at all possible or available, um, as some sort of salad, which is any mixed 
Any any vegetable. Any vegetable cooked raw, cooked whatever. Ra- whatever mixed together. It has nothing to the word salad has nothing to do with <laughs> lettuce. Zero. Um, and so at, that seemed like a like oh an amazing move forward twenty some twenty years ago, when I remember the guy's name Carlos. I don't remember his last name, but he was from <laughs> IT Canada. He was like. Mm-hmm. Well, how about you just have the ministry sites cook? I was like, oh, that's brilliant. And so we did that for all, and we still do that. And generally, anytime that a team is here, they um, will have lunch. And generally, the uh, ministry sites will cook lunch and just an excellent opportunity. And sometimes the teams can help in that. And then one of the ministry sites leaders like, well, let's take this a little bit further. Like, what would it be like? Would the team eat in someone's house? Right. Uh and they asked that out of a, a sense of like, like, would they ever feel comfortable eating our food in our space as we do, as we eat? And the way that it was asked was such out of like a, like, surely not like, 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 there's just this concept of, oh, we're we're so humble or we're so poor. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't want it. They wouldn't want to be in our houses. They wouldn't want to be with us. Yeah. Um, and it's like, no, that's brilliant. That'd be amazing because of the reality of bacteria on food or mm-hmm. in water. We do have, we do have a special training that we give um, families that are willing to have team members enter their homes so that they make sure that everything that they prepare is, is not going to get anyone sick and mm-hmm. knock on wood today. Um, we've been doing this for, uh, I, we started before the pandemic and obviously right. then a big hold. And then in the seven teams that we've had this spring, we've, we've done it with all of the teams and it's just such a beautiful and rich time. So you, you said some of the logistics, but just to back up the truck. So at any given ministry site, we'll break up the team members into groups of two or three, and then we'll put a translator with them Mm -hmm. and we'll match them to a family. Actually, the ministry site matches. Um, they, they invite certain families or, um, are in relationship with families that want to have teams over. And, and then we actually uh, happily were able to provide the budget. Mm -hmm. So like here's $20 or $30, depending on how many people are in that family, right. how many people they're actually cooking for. Um, and then the teams get to go out in these small groups with a translator uh, into the neighborhood. They get to go to the local fruit market, the local. Um, it's just such a different experience. Like it I'm is. trying to figure out it's in the in U.S. terms, it's kind of like a farmer's market, except it's not. It's, it's like not. every day. It's a set store. But yeah. And it's within a block of your house and it's your local fruit and vegetable store. Mm -hmm. And somewhere in the next two to three blocks, if not right next to that store, is a bread store or a a butcher shop, a carniceria, Mm -hmm. or or they're just, you know, tables literally set up on the sidewalks and you can buy almost anything you ever need, depending on the neighborhood, um, right off those tables that aren't even real shops, mm-hmm. quote unquote. They don't have a, a roof or walls or just, they're just tables or <laughs> yes. vendors. Um, and in the U.S., we just don't have that. We don't have that anywhere. Like you load up and go to the Publix or the Food Lion or the Piggly Wiggly or the Kroger. Like you go <laughs> to a big grocery store and if you want to a fresh fruit market, you have to wait till Saturday morning to go to the farmer's market. Um, and here we have that 
every, every day. Every day. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fun to walk in and and people are like, what's that fruit? I've never, oh, that's right. called guanabana, or that's a chirimoya, or that's a naranjilla, or that's taxo, granadilla. Like, the, you know, we don't have these fruits um, in the U.S. or in, in Canada. And so it's just so fun, that cultural experience. And then going back into the homes and cooking lunch together. Yeah. And it is, there's, you know, Jesus was on to something, that whole eating with people thing. There's been so many Bible studies and books and sermon series and so many things written about the power of breaking bread together. Mm-hmm. And that's what our teams get to do. Yeah. It is an incredible, incredible experience for everyone involved. I would say also that even though we go through training and in the training, we are also able to explain not just how to cook and how to do things in a safe way for for the North Americans that will be be visiting the the house. We also go through, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. And we thank the families because they are the ones that raise up their hands, you know, and say, we would love to host someone in our house. Mm -hmm. Even though we go through training, they're always wondering, you know, Am I going to do things right? Is this food actually going to be good for them? Are they going to like it? And only when they experience the fact of cooking together, um, the facts of Ecuadorian teaching to the North Americans how to do, you know, how to prepare the food, how to chop the onions. Without a cutting board. <laughs> yes, without a cutting board. How to like, I don't know, how to cut like a chicken. Uh-huh. Cut up a chicken, like a yes, whole chicken into exactly. pieces. That is a whole new experience, right? <laughs> Um, it's only through that, through those things, that they are actually able to see. You know, I can actually teach them something. I, I have can, something to give. I have something to give, and I don't have any reason to be ashamed of where I live or how I do things. Mm-hmm. These people actually like this, and they want to hear from me. So they they feel that they are seen, but they also feel that they are able to sit to give something, which mm-hmm. is incredible. And and yeah, like just being able to visit their houses, listening to their thoughts, praying together, even playing games like Uno with them, um, brings the whole relationship mm-hmm. to a different, deeper experience, right? And this is where we are also able to show them the stories of the North Americans. So most of our ministry sites are used to receive short-term teams from different places of the States, um, but they just know that they're coming, and sometimes they hear one of them preaching on Sunday. But this is the time where they can hear the stories, and then can they can relate to them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you've lost your dad? I lost my dad, too. Mm-hmm. You have economic problems? I have them, too. Because most of that, I, I remember many times that we've done house visits when our ministry sites um, ask for prayer. Most of them are, you know, saying, please pray for jobs, please for pray for health. And when they hear from the North Americans saying the same, they're like, "You, you, do you struggle the same way that I do? Mm-hmm. You know, like they have this this perception that because of how hard the reality is, sometimes it's their vision is blurred. Yeah. And they don't understand that many other people go through the same thing. It might not look exactly the same, but we all do experience the same thing. So this is a really good time to just sit down and hear each other sharing those stories. Um, it really love. One of the reasons we do it is that it levels the playing field. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone has to put their pants on one leg at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether you're from the U.S. or Ecuador or Southeast Asia or 
right. Europe or wherever. That I mean, it levels. We are all we all have to eat. I just had a conversation with um, Mariana this this week from. Cristo Liberador, because we just had the Grace Camden team um, uh, with them and always debriefing her about the home home ministry experience or the home visit experience. Like we know that for teams, it is one of the highlights because they get to know somebody. They get to have that deeper relationship and they get to see and taste and touch Ecuadorian culture in a way that you don't when you're on a bus and you're just driving through the neighborhoods and then you get off and go into the church and you get, I mean, you get to walk the streets, you get to, um, to be in that. So we, we know that it's a, a super benefit yeah. for the teams and they get to see how God moves in these people's lives and God showing up in the North American lives and moving in them and encouraging them or challenging them or showing them that they have, uh, even with language barriers, they have so much to offer. So again, we know it's a win Mm -hmm. on the North American side. And we've routinely checked in with our ministry partners to make sure it's a win on the Ecuadorian side as as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mari was like, oh my gosh, Cameron, it is so good. Our families are nervous. They, again, we've talked about this so many times in this podcast, mm-hmm. this this poverty of self or this poverty of knowing that you matter, that you're valuable, that you're worth something. And the enemy really just, the families that are, are hosting in the beginning, they are so worried. They are so nervous. Like, what are they going to think of me? And there is this concept out of Hollywood, out of movies and TV mm-hmm. shows and media that that so many people in the U.S., they don't have any problems. They don't have, they have everything. They have all, this is what Madi is telling me. This is not, right, this right. isn't my my assumption. This is what Madi is telling me. She's like, Cameron, just watching TV. And, and also I can add um, personal anecdotally, Roberto, different times, like, watching Clueless <laughs> subtitled or, or dubbed growing up. He's like... 16-year-olds driving those cars. And and the concept here, when you don't know a foreigner, you don't know anything right. except what you see on TV. You think everybody, every 16-year-old has exactly blue eyes, blonde hair, and is driving this convertible <laughs> car around. And Marty's like, that, like, that's our concept of who who the teams are until they get here. And so our, our families are so nervous. And to see how gracious and loving and kind the teams are. It's like they walk out the door with strangers and they walk back in the door of the church at the end of the home visit with family Mm -hmm. and that connection. And generally they get to, not only do they cook together and eat together, um, at some point there's a prayer said, whether that's over the meal or if the family wants to pray for the team or if the team wants to pray for the family. And God, just watching God knit different parts of his kingdom together is just so encouraging. Mm-hmm. So there's a two of the sides. So it's a win for the team. It's a win for the the Ecuadorian families because they all of a sudden have a, a clear understanding of reality that these are real people with real problems just like them and that they can really help each other. And eating together is something that is nourishing on all sides. And then it's a win for us programmatically because it really is poverty alleviation, right? Um, poverty of of self on both sides, 
every person, we all are in process to be more and more Christ-like. And whether we have maybe an inflated uh, understanding of who we are, or we have um, a deflated or inaccurate ba- bajo, though it's that word, like low, low self-esteem, mm-hmm. whether, or you don't even know, but we get to see God knit people together. So it's a win programmatically for us as well. Absolutely. It's just really fun. It is. This last um, spring, I intentionally, because when we break into small groups, all of a sudden, instead of two translators, we need like seven. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And that's mostly Jorjito's job to (laughs) find those people. (laughs) And so I find myself um, getting to do home visits and be in homes and uh, this sounds a little odd, but I love going where they have no idea that I'm the director. They have right. no idea who I am. I'm just one other English speaker, translator person. And to have those real conversations and connections. Um, I remember a kid named Henry from Emmaus. Uh, I got to be in his home. And as we we're leaving at the end, I mean, they probably last three hours, Mm -hmm, the whole thing. mm -hmm. He is just beaming from ear to ear. He's like, thank you so much for coming to my house. Mm -hmm. He was beside him. So he got to show us his coin collection and he got to have uninterrupted adult attention focused on him for two hours. And you could just see him be full, um, and I'm like, this is why we do this. Like we get to pour into these students. I was in another home in Comite. Um, a mom had just had a baby. The baby was oh, six weeks premature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so tea, tiny little baby. And just to get to sit with this mom and encourage her that, no, your child's not developmentally slow. She like, she's She's been with you for two months, but she really, she's a week old. Like you can't, oh, no one's explained that to me. And, you know, just the, the little things of, of life that we can encourage each other with. And, and this particular mom found out she was from a coastal area that we love to go to. And we had so much in common. And she's like, wow, you know these plate. Wow. So that relationship, we, we often talk about how life is about relationships. So. Yes, we often talk about it. Um, one of my stories is we'll go to this family um, actually during the pandemic. This is in Cristo Liberador. And on the pandemic, there was many, many people that got infected of COVID and passed away. Mm-hmm. This is the family, one of those families where the, the grandparent passed away. And when we got there, it was not even a year of his passing. Mm-hmm. So there was lots of still like grieving and in and thoughts and processing to happen. And I remember that when we crossed that door, the first thing they they showed us was the picture mm-hmm. of the granddad that just passed away. Mm-hmm. And in a way, they were they were like hungry for being able to process out loud. Mm-hmm. And that's where I when I heard from them, we have never been able to actually talk to one of you guys. We see you from afar. You guys come and help us, and it's a huge, huge help, and we thank you for that. But we have never been able to just talk to you. And when we were just talking, the lady that was with me, Julia, she was just hearing what they had to say, you know, how the process was and what a big of a change in life that was. And and Julia was just listening. And sometime 
I think at some moment I just look at her and I start seeing her the tears running out from her eyes. Because mm. while she was just listening to their story, she was processing her own story of losing people through the pandemic too. Mm -hmm. At some point, they're all sharing all this while we're cooking that we realized no one actually told us what to do in the cooking process. <laughs> Things would just appear in the table and we would just imitate what the Ecuadorians were doing. Mm. You know, we will see them and we will just do the same. We will not hear why are we doing that? How are we doing it? We will just follow the lead, mm -hmm. you know? And at some point we all realized about it and we're all laughing, cracking up and, you know, like no one ever told us what we're doing. Um, at some point I even think the Ecuadorians forgot what they were cooking and we were like, okay, well, well, this is what, you know, life is about. Sometimes you don't even explain, you just follow the lead. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was just really important to be able to hear those stories and just as a translator being the channel, you know, where information comes and goes and you're just like forming those relationships. It is as a staff member, a great blessing for us to be able to see that. Mm -hmm. But just the fact that we are the channel of information, you know, the channel of blessing through those to that relationship that is formed between two families, it is a great gift. And the fact that we can give people from the States and from Ecuador the chance of being listened to, to listen to on other people, you know, to share their stories, to process their, their own life things together, it's just a huge blessing. It is not just for the Ecuadorians that are down here that experience something good, that, that, that are thankful. It is also from the other side of the story that we, we can just be... Um, more thankful and more aware of what is going on. This is mm -hmm. something that is very unique. And every team that has come down says the same thing, you know, like I would have never been able to grasp the reality until I was in one of these homes. Mm -hmm. And most of them say that their um, their favorite meal is the one that they've cooked with their families together. That's true. Which is really cool. We see that in that eval over and over again. Um, so we wanted just to kind of lay out what the home visit process looks like. Mm -hmm. It's not all heavy conversation. We also do send Uno cards or playing cards, <laughs> and play spoons, and it's just wonderful to laugh together. We've said a hundred times into these microphones that life is about relationship, and this is a vehicle that God has provided for us to continue those relationships so that the equals H students can perform not only academically, but socially, emotionally, that their families are being poured into um, as much as possible and create, continue to create that safety net around them mm -hmm. for a bright future. Absolutely. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening about home visits. If you would like to be a part of Educational Equals Hope, please go to educationalshope.org and find the Donate Now button. You can designate whether that's for Ecuador or any of our other partner countries. Um, we're so thankful for you because we couldn't do this without you. Thank you so much. Bye. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to our HopeCast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage, www.educationequalshope.org, or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.